Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, Murph and Fred yes. back together yes. again on again. ESPN Every One Saturday. Saturday. How you doing? Busy day. Murph and Fred, nine till noon. No, what? no, 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 not today. What? Nine to eleven. Well, we got to get to Jay Hood. Jay Hood's out in South Bend at the Four Winds Casino in South Bend. Oh wait a minute. Eleven to one. Fred. We have about 20 hours to shove into a three-hour show. Now you're telling me it's... Yeah, we got to do it in two hours. Well, now. let's get rolling. Uh-huh. How you doing, everybody? Lots to cover. Murph and Fred. One, oh, Javi Baez, another hit. One week ahead of uh, the NFL draft. Well, less than that, uh, Thursday. Uh, next Saturday, we'll be here for you with a lot of coverage. But, as Fred just said, uh, lots to talk about today. First, though, let's go to the Murph and Fred Fan Focus Group Twitter poll. Uh, vote right now at ESPN 1000. Question, the Bears' biggest draft need, A, B, C, or D. Vote right now. D-line, wide receiver, edge, rush, or defensive backfield. Vote Let's right now. See if we had a fifth option, I would have ah. just said a pro bowler. I just want them to draft a guy that's going to the Pro Bowl. A guy that can roll 300 games yeah. every time he goes out in the beer league. That, too. We need a Pro Bowler. Yeah, that, too. All right. Let's get to... Uh, Even though I never watched the Pro Bowl, I'd like to have a guy participate in it. Want to say happy birthday to uh, one of my favorite guys, Don Dame, D-A-M-E. Hey, Donald, I hope you had a great birthday the other day. Who? Murph, you can't just... Well, everyone, here's the thing, Frank. Everyone knows Don Dame. If you had any participation with the College DuPage in the 70s, the 80s, the, the 90s, and the 80s, uh, Don Dame, uh, he was the fellow, he was sort of like a director of uh, uh, counseling, a placement after your maybe two-year run at College DuPage. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'd, uh, he'd sit down with all the students, well, maybe you want to go to SIU Carmen, maybe you want to go to Harvard. You know, he'd, he'd, well, that's sort of what uh, lovely Pat uh, from the high school level yeah, would do, right? Yeah, guidance counselor. Uh-huh. Not, yeah, so helping out all the kids get to sure. school and figure out where they want to go. Okay. So. I bet she knows Don Dame. I'll bet from the, her days at uh, her uh, high school uh, work over the years, a lot of the students might have uh, said, well, what about College of DuPage? And she'd know all about it, sure. maybe from meeting guys like Don. So if you know Don or Don, if you're listening, happy birthday. All right. So uh, we were told all day yesterday, oh, the Cubs aren't going to play. It's going to be rain, uh-huh. sleet, snow, slush. You know, typical Denver April weather, not... Typical, you know, Chicago middle of April weather. Right. So, you know, we're planning here. Okay, we've got a lot of things we can do that won't be. And then they never rain, never snow until the, uh, the middle of the, the game. game. Yeah, about eighth or ninth. Inning. I'm sorry, about during the day. You know, I was, they're playing. Everything's fine. Then, like I said, near the How, end. It would, ne- it would not dare rain in yeah. the Mile High City uh, where pot is legal on 420. There was no way it was going to rain. True. They celebrated. Uh, Jesse said the streets were wild. There are a bunch of people look walking around like zombies. And that's not even talking about the press box. Uh-uh. Oh, oh, no, no. They were crazy. Yeah, forget about that. They should have started the game at 420. Yeah. If they really were marketing, they have. Yep. then they wouldn't have had to play into drizzle at the end. All right. So much in the Cub game. We'll get to plenty of uh, Bears in the draft one hour from right now. Dan Shaka, one of the top guys in the business, friend of the show here uh, from Our Lads. Uh, dig a little deeper if that's possible. Yeah, we always have some new angles. What might be coming up for your Bears? And I uh, got questions 67 and 68 for Fred about his White Sox. But let's get rolling first, I think, on the uh, exciting Cub game last night. Exciting in the sense 
just a few days ago, everybody was, whoa, is me, they can't score a run. Then all heck breaks loose last night. Uh, you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to do the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay. From the Cub game last night. Uh, EO11. Say, Eric, do you have anything Anything like There we go. Look at One that. step ahead of you there, Merv. EO11. <laughs> uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly from last night. In case you uh, didn't stay for the whole game or missed it. Well, you're a White Sox fan. You said, I don't care. But I know, Fred, you watched it. You watch all the Cubs and the Sox. Every, every aggravating minute <laughs> of a four-hour contest on a Friday like they continue to do. As I watched uh, every it's time. It's a nine-inning game. It should be like 310. It was like four hours, it seemed. Oh I don't God. know what it officially was. I, yeah, I got the box score right here. Box scores online don't even tell you how long they the oh, length this one, this half one the does. time. Uh, 330, it says. Okay. There's no way it was only 330. Didn't seem like it. seemed no. like about 730. Yeah. yeah, it did. But uh, when you're winning, who cares, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly. El Mar- oh, the good was, first time all year, Joe Madden ran the same line of batting order out there two days in a row. What do you think the odds are he does it again today with a lefty? Lefty on the hill. Oh, he might. He might do it again. He should. Well, of course he should. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he had El Mar against the righty. And uh, so El Mar will certainly, and by all these guys, he's not going to probably, I think he may go, the, he'd be crazy not to go the same way. Yes, he would. Because he was also crazy, as I told Jesse on the show about two weeks ago, Fred, that he was crazy to bad buy as number eight. Uh-huh. Remember I said that? He's got to be out of his mind. Oh, no, Murph, Jesse said. He's got a whole theory about how hit the power, he'll walk into some home runs, and blah, 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 and a cow jumped over the moon. Insane. Now, all of a sudden, look what you do. Elmora now leads off uh, yesterday against the uh, righty. Uh, he's uh, four for six, four runs scored. Baez up in the two hole for the second day in a row, also four for six. Four uh, ribeyes, a home run, uh, two runs scored. The good. How about Chris Bryant? See, now he's in the third hole. We'll talk about the that later. The way it later. should always be. There you uh, go. Oh, for, uh, let's see, Brian, two for five, two runs scored. Oh, by the way, Brian now hitting 333. Elmora hasn't had a lot of ABs, I understand. He's up to 325. He's got seven. He's got ten hits in his last 22 at-bats. Oh, I didn't know that. In his last seven games, Elmora's uh, red hot. Javi had been four for four, and he was up to 300 in one day from 250 to 300. Then he had a couple outs, 10 the game, four for six, dropped back down to 290. Well, and the nice thing about him is he's got 17 hits this year, Javi Baez. To show you how, how hot he is, 10 of those 17 have been in the last four games. Wow. Yeah, wow. 10 of the 17. Also, a little note for those people that love notes. Almora and Baez, the first Cubs one and two hitters with four hits or more since David DeJesus and Starlin Castro in 2012. I didn't know that David DeJesus ever got four hits in a game. Anomaly. <laughs> Aberration. Short sample, one game. But you bring up an interesting point. And tip of the hat to our own Jesse Rogers. Uh, he uh, called him the Daily Double. Yep. For you old timers out there. Uh-huh. For you old timers or you little leaguers out there, uh, in, uh, 1984, back before your grandfather was born, back in 1984, the Cubs had a pretty good season. Might have almost made it to the World Series, but that's another topic. Should the have. Daily double. Yep. As Harry Carey coined Bobby Dernier in the leadoff slot, Ryan Sandberg in the second hole, the daily double. Right now, for two games, 
Very small sample. Elmora Baez, your daily double yesterday. They were uh, both four for uh, six. I can do that. That's eight for 12. Six runs scored. They're up in Colorado. Yes, they are. However, uh, Cubs pitching, Kyle Hendricks and Montgomery mostly uh, held the uh, Iraqis to just uh, five runs. Well, Hendricks, Hendricks gave up just three runs in the first inning. He gave up a, home, a two-run homer to Nolan Arenado, which I would have been happy if my uh, fantasy league would have said that Arenado was coming off the uh, suspended list. Five games. He was sitting on my bench. Yeah, five day, five games. He was sitting on my bench when he hits a two-run home. Ah, you got to read more, Fred. Yeah. You got to take more time on your uh, fantasy, or just call yeah. me because I have uh, I have them also in yeah. my league. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> but uh, oh, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Kyle Schwarber, where he belongs now in the six hole. We'll talk about that in a moment. He's three for four, doing what he's supposed to be doing. Four ribeyes, yep. uh, a home run. Uh, Montgomery comes in under the radar, five innings only out of uh, Kyle Hendricks, but 95 pitches. And Montgomery comes in, sucks up three innings, uh, gives up, uh, let's see, one Ernie, uh, just five hits. So that's definitely good. More good, more good. Oppo, Oppo, all right. This all started a couple days ago. It's as simple as Little League. It's as simple as High School Baseball 101. Instead of trying to drive the ball to the 368 sign on your power swing, power side, you try to hit the ball between both of the 368 signs, up the middle and going oppo. Schwarber last night, all night long. Baez with the home run. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. The Cubs' new batting order. Now, let me say this. I wish I had thought of it. I wish I had been campaigning for Baez in the two-hole. Yeah. Never really crossed my mind. But when you had him in the eight-hole, Joe, here's a guy that swings a, a garbage in the dirt. Slider down and away, down and away, right? Well, when you bat him number eight in the National League, guess what? The pitcher's up next, and they're going to do that to the number eight hitter. It was the worst possible place uh, uh, to put him. But uh, now Joe says, well, you know what I like? In fact, Joe says, I've been talking. This is quote. Uh, Joe says, I've been talking to Javi about this for a long time. The moment that he ever starts laying off the down and away slider, he's Manny Ramirez. Well, I hope that doesn't mean bias is all juiced up. Yeah. He's Manny Ramirez. Juiced up and he's going to grow long dreadlocks. He's got that kind. They were selling those for like $20 yeah. at Dodger Stadium uh-huh. in the heyday, right? Yep. Uh, the moment Javi lays off those down and away sliders, he's Manny Ramirez. He's got that kind of ability at the plate. It's just a matter of maturing as a hitter. No, it's not, Joe. It's a matter of putting him ahead of Bryant and Rizzo, a lot. Contreras, and yeah. Schwarber, where they're not going to throw him the sliders in the left-handed hitter's batter's box down in the dirt. Yeah, the one thing that you have to learn, I mean, if, if they want to learn anything about Baez, is if you throw him something low, unless it's in the dirt, he's going <laughs> to hit it. Because he, he likes that low pitch over the plate. But, he loves hitting that thing. But they're afraid to walk him now because you got Bryant, Rizzo, yeah. Contreras, and Schwarbs coming yeah. up. And Rizzo will eventually start hitting. Speaking of, uh, no doubt. Not in the double plays either. I think he's hitting into like three or four in the last couple of games. Fred, I, speaking of uh, two-hole, eight-hole, think about this. So Baez has moved from the eight-hole. And then that joke ticked him up to seven or yep. maybe six over the last two. But from eight to two, you know who went from two to eight? 
Hayward. Yeah. Jason Hayward over time. Guy is pounding the ball. Jason Hayward was number two. He went apple yesterday. Originally, not this year. Yeah, well, everybody's going apple. He, he went apple with a triple, wasn't it? Yeah. A three-base hit. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Gray. He took oh. that high fastball and drove it. Jim Deshaies talked about that. If we'll try to get to that soundbite. So much to do, so little time. Bears at the top of the hour, 10 o'clock. Stick around. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, let's see. Oh, Baez base running. Now, Fred, you have to work with me on this. I did say last week or the week before when... Javi went from first to third on the ball that got into center field, and then he came around all the way home. Right. Remember, first to home on the double yep. air or whatever. They, uh, it was actually an original, uh, eventually a, a seven-hot base hit up the middle, and then the E8. They kept changing the ruling. Anyway, point is, first to home, and as he rounded second, heading towards third, which was a bad gamble, he was looking over his shoulder when he wanted to run home, never looked at the third base coach, right. which is wrong, wrong, wrong. But I said, you know what? He might be the one guy out of a hundred that I say, you know what? Until you prove us wrong, Javi, you can do anything you want. Don't look at the third base coach. Yep. Do it instinctively on your own. The third base coach, a butter maker, doesn't even know your speed or your tendencies because, you know, he just joined the team. Spring training means nothing. No one's going first to home looking on spring. So. He did it again. Yep. He broke every conventional rule. You can explain it. He, he was on second ball. base. Ground ball hit in front of you. To short. Yeah, to shortstop. And he went to third base. It was a bad throw from Story. He was safe at third base. Even when he got to third base, he jumped up and he hit himself in the, in the head with both of his hands because he knew he wasn't supposed to do that, which is really weird because he said he thought the ball was going behind him. Well, you're watching. The ball's in front of you. How did you think the ball was behind you? What? That was kind of confusing when I heard him say that. But You know what? I had a different interpretation. He was, when he'd pop up slid in the third, or that he he evaded the tag. Now, what he was doing was saying, headphones, headphones, challenge, Joe. And that's what they do now. Umpire, you know, they're going to go put those headphones on. I thought he did that before he called him out, though. Because the out signal was late. Because the out, the out signal, he waited to see well, if, he, if he came off the bat. Javi don't wait for no. I don't need no stinking umpire. Yeah, but I think Baez, but I think Baez knew right off the bat that he made uh, what what was not supposed to be the right play. You're well, supposed to wait. No, absolutely right. But he's the one guy out of a hundred until he's until he's, wrong. Yeah, until he's caught doing it. Until, when he's caught doing it, you know, then Joel will say, <laughs> you know what, that's enough. Let's calm down a little bit. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Here's the bad. Zobrist. Hasn't played in five days. Lower back. He's going to go on the DL. Now they say we're putting him on the DL, yeah. which is, okay, you backdated five days. That's what they did with Rizzo. It's the 10-day DL. But here's the thing. You just played five games. Where the, sh- the benches are short yeah. enough, especially in the National League. Uh, you know, when you want to pinch shit and make more double switches, unlike the American League. I know they both have 13 pitchers normally, American and But the point is, you play one man short, one's a cut. You only got two guys on the bench, not three. So... They DL him. Everyone hopes that the back issue, you know, is a short one, 10 days. But here's the other bad. The Cubs have no depth. And uh, if everyone to really get into it long term with you or Jesse or uh, the, the depth of the Cubs. And I know most teams don't have depth. Most teams, you lose anybody these days. You're scrambling down from AAA to bring up a quote-unquote major league player. They're all 4A or they'll be in the majors, you know, already. But they'll probably bring up, there was a guy named Freeman. I barely remember it. Spring right. training, little Infielder, Mike yeah. Fre- Michael Freeman. So bring him. And how about Eddie Butler? 
Yep, goes on the DL with a grind. You know what that was? I'll bet you. That was a Dodger fake pitcher DL. Because remember when he pitched the six, yeah. six seven innings? Yeah. And then he's had a couple other uh, longer ones. Yep. I bet there's, you know what? He struggled the other day. Struggled in the outing. He loaded the bases yeah. and, and didn't get anybody out. They might have saw, seen, you know, maybe his velo was down a little. Or even if your velo is the same velocity, you still sometimes aren't hitting your spots because your arm's a little tired, even though you're ticking still at 95, you know, whatever. I'll just bet you anything. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll say he's out for three months with a, a torn groin. Uh-huh. I could be wrong. You watch. It was one of those calculated moves. Now that the DL's only 10 days to say, you know what, send him down. Then they bring up a guy that, you know, God love him. You know, you never heard of him. And damning with faint praise, his numbers are like through the roof bad at Triple A. Joseph. But he's a, he knows the game, you know. His family, he was raised in a baseball family. His dad, I think, played to some of the brothers. But he said, but you know what? He'll give you major league a look. Uh-huh. Not, an, not an effort, but everybody's got nothing on depth. The good, that's the bad. The ugly. Ready for the ugly? Uh-huh. Everything's, you know, rolling around nice. It's The Cubs are up by 12. Yes. It's the uh, bottom of the... Uh, Ninth. Ninth. I'm yeah. sorry. I was going to say bottom of, bottom of the ninth, Fred. Thank you. And uh, lefty Wilson, Trevor Wilson, whatever is uh, Justin, Wilson. Justin Wilson. Justin Wilson comes in. I said to Jesse, after his disastrous outings a week ago, I said, you know, he's going to be Joe's six-run man. He goes, what's that, Murph? What is that? I go, well, you, oh, Joe will only bring him in if they're up six or down six. Well, he brought him in this week once earlier where it was like two-run game, and yeah. I got nervous again. So he comes in, and again... They're up 12. Then now he's the 12-run yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> they bring him in. Things were going sweetly for a little bit, you know, better. All of a sudden, he can't find home plate. He's bouncing it in. He's launching it here and there. He can't find home plate. And uh, I, I texted Jesse in the ninth inning. I got a ha-ha back from him. Usually he just ignores the text. So it's got to be, you know, good... For a high, oh, the first I said he's the 12-run man now, Jesse. Up 12 or down 12. I got a ha. Yeah, it was really right off the bat because uh, McMahon doubled them two walks. He loaded the bases with nobody out. Well, the McMahon, at least he threw the balls over the plate. <laughs> well, two of them. It was an 0-2 pitch, and he right, got, right, yeah, right. got doubled with an oh, 0-2 pitch. Right, that's what I said, yeah. man. It didn't, the wheels didn't fall off till the fourth pitch. Yeah. <laughs> but then, after I got a ha yeah. from Jesse, then I texted. I finally figured it out. This guy, Wilson, he throws the ball to the plate like John Lester throws the ball to first. <laughs> it's bouncing. He does, Fred. That poor guy pitches the ball home like Lester gooses it over to first on one hop. He's struggling big time. Oh, my gosh. Three three two three seven seven six. Lots to cover. Plenty of football in at 10 o'clock. Hour. I told Jesse yesterday I was encouraged to see what Schwarber was doing because he's going the other way. And uh, he can show he can have power the other way, and he did last night. And you just see what he does and the way he's hitting the ball. Um, I think if everybody on the Cubs, I know this Oppo thing's really big right now. They've got like 12, 13, 14 Oppo hits or whatever. And uh, it, it, it's going well. Today they have to do something they haven't done all year. Hmm. They've not won three games Win in a row. Three in a row. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. year long. They have seen one and one, two and two, three and three, four and four, five and five, six and six, seven and seven. Uh-huh. Right now they're eight and seven. Okay? Right? Yep. They want to go 
nine and seven. Cubs are eight and seven right now. Pittsburgh still in first place. Uh, St. Louis half game back. Milwaukee half game back. Cubs in fourth, a game and a half back. The good thing is, when you haven't won uh, more than you know three games in a row, at least you haven't lost more than two in a row. They haven't done that either. That's why they've been able to hit this. They're, they're nine and eight right now. I'm sorry. So they're, they were eight and eight. Now they're nine and eight. Fred, as you do, I keep score the old fashioned way at home in a uh, seventy a page, uh, you know, yep. college uh, notebook with the spiral, you know, spiral notebook. Here, look at the, uh, look at see the green all the green dots. Yeah, those are Apple. Those were where they drove the ball the other way. They had seven Apo hits yesterday and seven Apo hits the day before. Yep. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve times here they drove the ball the other way. Now, sure. what that does is mirror- Chili, it's all Chili Davis. Well, you waited a while. <laughs> you sure waited. A- well, it's, it's not him. It's the hitters. But let's explain, Fred. There's myriad uh, benefits of going Apo. Yeah, and you know what they are. I know what we all know what they are. But real quick. What they do is, so a guy like Schwarber, they've been pitching him away, pitching him away. Now, probably half of his last 10 hits, maybe more, have been either punched it through the vacated pole shift on the infield. You know, a ground ball to short, now is a base hit. Yeah. Or he'd been driving the ball, the home run, the oppo at center field, uh, you know, up between the 368s instead of trying to pull it you know to where your 368. In the other place he gets hits are just to the right of second base. Mm-hmm. You can still pull the ball a little bit, but if you're hitting it up the middle, just to the right of second base, even if the pull shift is on, the guy can't get over there to get it. He's gotten several hits there between, I don't know if it's the third baseman or whoever's there, and the shortstop as they, as they have the, the third baseman moved over. Myriad benefits. Another is you keep your head on the ball. You keep your head in there at home plate. Yeah. You're not pulling off the ball and trying to yank everything. Another is you screw up the other team's defensive alignment scouting report. Sure you do. All of a sudden, now they're going, well, you know what? Do we keep, we keep playing Schwarber like his, uh, uh, you know, whatever, you know, the, they got the dots on the field right. where he hits the ball last year. There's a word for it, whatever. You know what I mean? But, uh, that was last year. See, right. how far back do you go on the hit chart or whatever you call it? Now they go, well, wait a minute. Look at this. For the last seven days, he's hitting everything the other way. We better move that shortstop a little back over and the third base and back a little over because he's going to poke it. Now you know what happens? Now you got more room again up the middle on the do. other side. Right, you do, but you don't want to just start pulling everything no, no. out. You want to oh, stay the way you are. you're hitting. But the other thing is, another myriad is the... Uh, pitcher now they have to change their uh, pitching philosophy on you mm-hmm. they can't keep going away because they think they can get jet because you're trying to yank it and away it you're going to roll it over on it and get a four three yeah now listen you know what we better start jamming this guy or coming in over to play them on the inside a little bit to keep him honest because he's just killing us oppo 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 so all kind of things happen you know when you do go uh, uh the the other way mm-hmm. hmm. let's go to uh Three three two three seven seven six. Murph and Fred Henry in Daytona Beach. Henry, go. I missed you guys, but I've been calling with hockey call. So uh, <laughs> Eric Ostrowski's been hanging up on me. He doesn't want to talk hockey, but I just want to encourage uh, the positivity, Fred and Murph. I want to say, let's stay positive. We got two wins. We get one more. That's called a winning streak. <laughs> so we can get positive. Jay, Jay Hayes on record for one hundred and sixty-two RBIs. Jesse just tweeted that. Yeah. Wait, wait, what did, no, I, Jesse just did what? He says Jay, Jason Hayward is on pace for 162 RBIs this season. 
Henry, uh, we have a great producer, Eric Ostrowski. You're welcome for a minute here, and there will be no pay. You're welcome to be the associate assistant producer. Should I? Should we call? Jesse's not scheduled. We're going to let him sleep a little bit today. We got bears coming up. It's a short show. Should we call Jesse or wait till next week to bust his chops? <laughs> I mean, whatever's good radio, I guess. I know. I know. If we talk hockey, people will not will tune out. But now, hold I think on, that'll be good Henry. Radio, good radio. Now you're talking like a highly paid radio executive where you don't give an answer. You're not being paid. <laughs> you can give an answer, yes or no. Uh, yes. Okay, thanks. I call again, buddy. Henry loves his hockey down at Daytona Beach. And and yesterday was four twenty. Yeah. And Jesse just said. Never mind. Okay, I've heard I've heard other people say that because they're trying to give some encouragement to a guy who has been struggling. But well, yeah. uh, Hayward had a really nice two run homer the other uh, a couple days ago, and yesterday mm-hmm. he goes the opposite way for a triple. So you look at it right now, and uh, you know he's driving the ball, driving driving in some runs. If this guy doing some nice things, oh, Dana found my what if bell at home. I'm okay, bring it. Back. It was two for four yesterday with a couple RBIs. If this guy could start hitting. And when we return... He's hitting 246. When we return... Better than Russell. And he's batting eight. Yeah. We're going to talk when we return about the dynamics of the Cubs' uh, batting order. Not the lineup. People misuse that word. I even used to. The actual batting order. One, two, three, four. We're going to talk what happens when, all of a sudden now, if Baez can stay here, and he's going to get fastballs, unlike in the eight hole... If he can stay in that two-hole and produce and you have a new, quote-unquote, daily double-ish, you know, hey, Denier and Samuel are pretty darn good. Don't get me wrong. But what happens to three, four, five, six, seven, eight? No one's talking about that. All that and more. Last chance vote right now. Uh, our Twitter poll, Bears' biggest draft need. Vote now, D-line, wide receiver, edge rusher, or defensive back. Also keep listening. We got two pair of tickets to give away for the 2018 Bellator Heavyweight Grand Prix at Allstate Arena coming up next Saturday, April 28th. Keep listening. We got a couple of tickets to give away for that one coming up before we're out here at 11 o'clock. Don't touch that dial. It's ESPN 1000. Great Saturday. I'm Mike Murphy. He's Fred Hubner. Bears talk top of the hour. Bears draft talk. Dan Shanka, top guy in the business, I believe, over there from our lads. We just have to make sure we mention everybody yeah. uh, about Javi Baez. He's hitting 290 with six homers and 20 RBIs. That leads the Cubs, the six homers and 20 RBIs. He is second in all of baseball in RBIs behind Jed Lowry with 20. He has got one more homer or one more RBI. And uh, he's hitting four points higher than Bryce Harper. Two things happened, Fred. Those are uh, amazing numbers. Two things happened in the last few days. Javi Baez and uh, Schwarber and, uh, to a degree, Almora and uh, Hayward a few times. They've been going up the middle. Yep. Uh, Oppo. You know, you can, you can almost call up the middle Oppo. You're not trying to yank it. You know, that, that's the main thing. So I don't know if this was, A, a coincidence, B, a directive, C, uh, Chili Davis just, uh, uh, you know, slowly, slowly uh, uh, coming to these, you know, these guys buying in, buying in, making contact, going the other way is better than, you know, rolling over double play balls when you're trying to yank the outside pitch. Well, they probably had chances to figure things out when they've been sitting around doing not playing baseball. 
Don't tell you, don't. You know what I mean? When they're not playing baseball, they got time to think. And uh, sometimes thinking is not good for you if you're not used to it. Okay, other times, okay Mr. Hume. Yeah, other times, <laughs> you know, maybe they're trying to figure this out and maybe they're finally getting there. So that'd be nice. Let's look at this. The There's a phrase called lineup construction, mm-hmm. which makes you want to, you know. Hit somebody. You can't say that anymore. I can say it. Makes you want to scream. Uh, makes you want to hit someone. <laughs> so... I don't cut a lineup construction. I, said, I try to make out the batting order so it works. You know, the uh, lineup, okay? The batting order. So here's what happens. About 15, 20 years ago, someone figured out Bill James, the, the young, young Theo Epsteins of the world. You know what? We want to start walking. We want to get guys on base, on base percentage, which, by the way, is no longer in vogue as much. Did you notice, Fred? Because of the fact that most bullpens now in baseball have about five, six guys out there that throw 95-plus. The initial reason for the getting on base, the on-base percentage was not what anyone might think. It was to quickly get to the soft underbelly of the bullpen. Here's what it was. So like the Red Sox back in the day, the early days, uh, they had a... Uh, Euclid. What was his name? You, uh, Kevin Euclid. Kevin Euclid. Uh-huh. The Greek god of walks yep. is what the Red Sox uh, guys called him. The idea was take pitches, take pitches, take pitches, foul them off, foul them off, take more pitches, and get that big starter, starter out of there by the fourth or fifth inning because the bullpens back then, they had the big closer, maybe eighth inning guy. Then they had the soft underbelly of a bunch of triple-A bugs. Right. No longer. No, now they're every guy you bring it in throwing ninety eight. They still might be triple A bums, yeah. but they're not just goosing it up there. No. Now they're like at 30, 95, 98. Yeah. So they're bringing smoke. So that's one thing that changed. Then along now, John Dewan told Murph on the radio, probably twenty or more years ago. I said, Hey, how many times has a batter come to the plate? You can use plate appearances or batting average. This is key. Now listen. How many times if you move up the, the slot, in other words, or back down to you in other words, a leadoff hitter comes to the plate, how many more times than the number two hitter? Two hitter more than the three hitter. Yada yada. Or go the other direction. If you move a guy from fourth up to clean up up to three, how many fewer uh no more times more will times. go the other way, how many fewer? Everyone's now like this is brand new. I hear the young pups all over the place. Oh, you know what? You got to put your best hitter up higher so he gets more at bats. Well, the answer John Dewan told us 20 years ago, 18. It's about 18. So in other words, the leadoff hitter bats 18 times more than number two hitter, 18 times more than number three hitter. So that's 36 times. It's a lot of at bats. So, oh, you move your... Well, they never said to move your power hitters up. Mm-hmm. See, the best hitter. Well, I got to move Brian. I've got to move Schwarber up. I knew this was crazy when they put Soriano to Cubs. Pinella, uh to lead off. Soriano, he was a 40-home run guy, and he had like 40 solo homers because he batted leadoff, and the eight and nine hitters in the National League don't usually get on base. So the whole thing was cockamamie. I never liked, and I've said it, not second-guessing, I've never said I like Bryant 2. I don't like it. And I've said I don't like Rizzo 3. Do you think do you think the manager of the 27 Yankees, Miller Huggins, had to have a bunch of computers and 40 high-paid propeller heads in the front office? Said, you know what? Bad babe number two and Lou Gehrig number three. He just batted guys at whatever their number was in the back of their jersey uniforms. <laughs> or vice versa. Right. Very good. Ruth was three. Gehrig was four. Just keep going. Who's Miller, five? Miller Huggins. <laughs> 
And then Joe McCarthy managers at a what is it? Get out of here with those numbers. I'm not batting Ruth number two or Garrick number three. I'm batting him three and four. You when know why? Home run, my guys on base. Oh, I get it. I get it, Mister Huggins. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So here's Earl what, Weaver. So here's what has happened, and God love Joe. He he does a lot of creative things. I like him. Sometimes Ivy just needs to get hit. Yes. You can hit Ivy. They told him to put Schwarber number one. Ivy's the computer. Just and just give it a hit on the, up the side. Murph, Joe said it was his idea. He's just covering for the brass. Yeah. Like anybody does at a job. You He's cover got for the, the boss. He's got the numbers, and sometimes numbers lie. Right. So, all of a sudden, now Joe falls in. As he finally realizes, maybe he heard me tell Jesse four weeks ago, it's insanity. You're delusional. You're having a fit of imbecilia, Joe. To, to bat Javi eight with a curve, curve, curve. So he stumbles in, Joe, in my opinion. He stumbles into putting Javi number two. Beautiful. It's working. And it should. And uh, Alomar, uh, uh, number one, or maybe if Happer ever gets back. Our point is. Almora. Almora, what did I say? All of a sudden, we got a I'm Hall sorry. of Famer. We got A's Alomar over there. Too many A's. <laughs> Never on my report card in grade school. Here's what's happened. Wait till you get Alzole coming up. He had a big outing. Did you yeah, hear about him I yesterday? Saw that. Yeah. Cubs start a future. They got one <laughs> in the whole system. Yes, they do. Yeah. What happened to Pierce Johnson? He's with some other team. You Giants. mean Mrs. Johnson's son? He's working uh, with the Giants, the, I think. Somewhere. Yeah. All right, so here's what's happened. All seriousness aside, here's what's happened. All of a sudden now, you got Bryant number three, and you got Rizzo number four. Where they belong, there's going to be men on base, and it's called RBI opportunities. Is that too difficult for everyone to understand? Oh, no, you got to bet Bryant won. He's your best hit, and then he gets more all those 36. He gets 48, whatever, more bets. No. Now you got Rizzo number four, and there'll be more men on base for him. Now there's this thing called lengthening your lineup uh-huh everyone raise your hand if you know what that means lengthening your lineup. i have no idea well yeah you do all of a sudden now you got Contreras fifth instead of fourth and here drum roll please now you got schwarber six instead of five you're lengthening your lineup you're getting deeper instead of all of a sudden your lower average hitters coming up six seven eight Baez isn't down there anymore, so now you only got Russell and Hayward batting 7-8. Everything works so much better. Well, it has for two days. Now, let's see, because they've always struggled anytime they score big runs. They got 16 yesterday. Let's see what they do today against Tyler Anderson, the lefty. Real quick, let's bring in uh, EO11. Eric, what were the results? Murph and Fred fan focus group Twitter poll for the first hour. Read me the question. Give me the answer. Eric, go. Bears' biggest draft need is O-line, wide receiver, edge rusher, or defensive back? Me, I vote O-line. Fred? Uh, I mean, my own. Not guessing what the results are. Pass rusher. I'd say pass rusher. All right, Eric, how'd you vote? Okay, I would vote edge rusher, I guess. It's tough between those two and O-line, and that's what the voters have decided. Uh, The lowest is 6% for uh, DBs, 12% for wide receivers, 
And then 34, 34% for offensive line and 48% for edge rusher. So almost half the people want to see another edge rusher. I want Quentin Nelson. We'll talk uh, Bears at top of the hour uh, with our good friend Dan Shanka, our lads. Uh, thank you. We're kind of bored right now. Vote at ESPN 1000. Uh, Nagy, Matt Nagy's expression this week. <laughs> Tuck shirts, helmets on. I got the full quote here. It's as, as little as just tucking your shirt in, no footballs on the ground, no helmets laying on the ground, running from drill to drill, or a fast jog. Mm, interesting, Eric. There you go. So if it were Joe Madden, there'd be T-shirts distributed, uh, tuck shirts, helmets on. But Nagy went too long for the for a T-shirt. Is that what you're saying, Eric? Okay. Let's go. vote right now. Is that A, too old school, B, I love the discipline. C. Players will not buy in. D. Players will buy in. Let's go to uh, Tom's in Chicago, ESPN 1000. Tomas. Guys, always appreciate you on the air. You, like I told you many times, down the uh, down the uh, dial. You, That's all right. You, uh, we, all, we all do our own way, and you shouldn't be. How do you know that? You shouldn't be listening uh, down the dial. Okay, go ahead, Tom. Go. Anyway, uh, let's not get uh, out of perspective with the Cubs. Uh, garbage time as opposed to clutch time. When we're looking for the one run, we can't find it after we get all these runs all in a row, like 15, 16, and the next day we can't get a run. Have you been listening to Fred? Fred just did that whole spiel, but I know what happened. You were calling in, talking to EO11 about hockey, and you missed that. But, Tom, those are great points. Appreciate your call. You know what he does? I mean, he brings up a good point. I mean, and I know it sounds it sounds like, you know, we were just, just beating up on a team, but yesterday they, they were scoring runs, they had a lead, and they piled on. The question is, can they do this when they need to get the big hits? And they've had, they've still struggled getting guys in from second and third base with runners, you know, with a couple outs. So they got, they've got to score guys from, um, from second and third in the games where they count. Three three two three seven seven six. We'll take a quick uh, break in a moment. Vote uh, now. But I wanted to quick say, you know, the great, you know, Facebook. Yeah, I really do it only to keep in touch with my high school friends from Alliance Township High School, Lagrange. Oh, by the way, we got st- right now on the radio. Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to talk about ratings, Fred. We got stiff competition right now. Oh yeah, very stiff. You know what's going on? What? My high school station, WLTL yep. FM, Lagrange, fiftieth uh, anniversary uh, weekend, and today, right now, it's five. 5,000 watts. It radiates about four miles in a big circle. Right. So, But all day today, they're letting the alums uh, do a half hour on the air. Nice. So everyone's probably listening to WLTL-FM. They do a great job. Uh, I'll be out there tonight at the, the big gala dinner they're having Very for nice. 50 years of WLTL-FM uh, people. So uh, I also wanted to say hi on Facebook. I ran in, my, you know, my high school, I ran into my f- college freshman roommate uh, down at SIU, David R. Eads, E-A-D-S. Uh, he's from out in the western suburbs. We were roommates thrown together because we were both journalism, uh, radio uh, uh, down there. And David R. Eads recently retired. All these years, he's been cameraman at uh, uh, Channel 32, Fox nice. uh, 32 FLD. Yep. And uh, 
He listens all the time, so if you listen right now, good to hear from David R. Reeds. Murph and Fred back in a flash, back on the baseball beat. Got some White Sox also to pepper in. Bears talk, top of the hour. Vote now at ESPN 1000. Welcome back, everybody. We got to get Jesse on. Now I'm irritated. Jesse just sent me a, a text. Yeah, 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 Murph. And Hap will be the everyday center fielder, and Almora will be in right. <laughs> well, Yes. See, they're never going to play Almora in right. I disagreed with you. Then. They'll never play him there. Well, if Hayward were over ninety, I, you would. No, they won't. <laughs> they'll never. They'll, they will put Happen right before they put Almora out there. So, just the way I think. You never know what Joe's going to do. Wake up and sleep on the wrong side of the bed, or have some good wine. You never know. Maybe the lineup will be changed today. Maybe what Tommy Lastella will get a start. Maybe. Hear what Joe said. Now this is unbelievable. Uh, I like Joe, because you know what? I've seen bad managers, all right? I've seen bad managers, and he ain't one. Almost lost in the uh, shuffle of the uh, victory over the Cardinals on Thursday, the 8-5 to victory, was a, a three-strikeout, eighth-inning by Carl Edwards Jr. that gave the reliever 18 strikeouts on the year, tied with Stoners John Lester and Tyler Chatwood, despite only having pitched just nine innings. What's the early season secret to Carl Edwards' strike-throwing success? Joe Madden said, quote, I told him to walk people. Now, I'm not misreading. I just <laughs> read what they write, okay? Yep. Why is he striking out everybody? Because I told him to walk people. Uh, Joe's serious. He says, quote, no, seriously, I told him it's a paradoxical intent. All right? I got a paradox. I got Dr. Haddad and Dr. Habib. Yep. I got a paradox. Uh, it's a paradoxical uh, uh, intent. You go out there and you try not to walk people, and what do you end up doing? You walk people. So I said to Edwards, go out there and try to walk people, and you can't. Let me just look at that again. You go out there, and if you try not to walk people, you end up walking them. So I said to him, young man, get out there and try to walk them. You can't do it. He's out of his mind. Well, I could do it. I could walk out there and try to walk someone. I just throw the ball like uh, Wilson did in the ninth inning. Yeah. Throw the ball in the dirt. Yeah, he's he's out of his mind. I feel like he got like a contact high from everyone celebrating 420 out in Denver yesterday or something with that. Yeah, how do you, how do you, that doesn't make any sense. Something in the press box, maybe. Does. Not going to rule that out. Not going to rule that out. <laughs> oh, you know what? There's no nicknames anymore, right? No one even... Which, for me, is fine. <laughs> but the, but I know. I hate nicknames. Oh, it's, I... it's, a, it's one of my things. Well, if they're natural... No, I don't care what they are. If they're organic... I still call him Frank Thomas. I still call him Lance Johnson. You call Kenny Harrelson Ken? No, but we, nobody even knew his name He's was the Ken Hawk. for the longest time. Yeah. Well, that's a nickname. Yeah. And Hawk gave Big Hurt. So you're you're paradoxical right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> How about this? 
When Edwards came in a trade, a good, nice trade by uh, Theo, C.J. Edwards, buried in the Rangers' the farm system, right? He was string bean Edwards. From the beginning, that's all you heard to me. String bean Edwards, string bean Edwards. It works. He's six foot three, skinny as a ray. I mean, there's one, There's if there's ever going to be a nickname that sort of works, it was always his as a kid. But you don't hear string bean anymore. And that's fine with you? We couldn't even figure out what his name was. First it was CJ, then it went to Carl Edwards Jr. Yeah. Now it's CJ. It's whatever he wants, you know, whatever you want to be called on that day. Right. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Call him what you want. And also, I'm calling him String Bean. The center fielder for the Washington Nationals, Michael Taylor. Yeah. My middle initials, J. I don't ask you to say it all the time. His name's Michael Taylor, not Michael A. Taylor. Is there another Michael Taylor in the Nationals? No. It was Cal Ripken. You didn't have to say Cal Ripken Jr. His dad wasn't playing. Come on. You as a third. My, yeah, I'm Fred the third, Hume, man. I, I, I. Unbelievable. White Sox. Thank goodness I don't have a jersey. Question 67 and 68 for the White Sox. Uh, I actually have uh, 68 questions here. Ken Griffey Jr. Okay. When they stop playing with each other, there's no reason to say it. All right, real quick, Fred. Two questions, 67 and 68. Should, uh, independent but similar question, should the White Sox start the clock? I think everyone knows what that means these days. On the Eloy this uh, year? Or, and uh, should the White Sox start the clock on Michael Kopech this year? Or wait until April 15th next year to do the Bryant thing where you get a whole nother year, you get seven instead of six. Should they start the clock this year or just wait? Um, that's, those are both tough. Um, they're probably going to start it this year. I wouldn't have a problem if they waited. I wouldn't have a problem if they had Kopech and Eli Jimenez stay in the minors all year this year. I'm with you. Yeah, I wouldn't What's have a problem point? with that. What's the point? Yeah, there's no, you know, I know that they brought Moncada up early last year because they said he had nothing else to prove in the minor leagues. Well, now he's got something to prove in the major leagues that he won't strike out all the time. I don't care about his exit velocity. He's got to hit the ball. Look in what, order to have exit velocity. Excuse me. Look what holding back does. It gave you another year of uh, Bryant at a manageable uh, and controllable price. You know, another word I hate. Uh, and also, tanking is ugly. Remember, the first five years of Tom Ricketts ownership, 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14, the Cubs finished fifth. The first five years with Ricketts, the Cubs finished fifth. We got uh, Bears talk next. We have, what do you got, a blue piece of paper you're waving there in front of me, By the way, right now, fifth caller. If you want to go on out to see uh, 2018 Bellator Heavyweight Grand Prix at the Allstate Arena, Saturday, April 28th. You can be uh, win a pair of tickets right now. Fifth caller, 312-332-3776. You win a pair of tickets. It's coming up this week at the Allstate Arena, a week from tonight. For more information and tickets, go to Ticketmaster.com. But the fifth caller, 312-332-3776, wins a pair of tickets. Last chance to vote on the uh, current Twitter poll. Then we'll have Bears Talk. Vote at ESPN 1000. One, two, three, taco. One, two, trace, taco. No, watch, bro. Welcome back. Murph and Fred. Hey, David from Oakbrook won the uh, first pair of tickets for Bellator 2018. Nice. Heavyweight Grand Prix. We got another pair of tickets to give away before we're out here at 11. One minute away from Dan Shanka. Our lads talking bears, talking draft. 
332-3776. We'll get back on the uh, baseball beat uh, before the end of our truncated show, usually 9 till noon today. Jonathan Hood will step in at 11 a.m. Under the, is that under the hood? Uh, under the hood, oh, but good. he's doing it live from... The Four Winds Casino South Bend talking about the Notre Dame uh, blue and gold game. Nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Let's go now to our lads. O-U-O-U-R. L-A-D-S. One of the top sites out there uh, for uh, all your uh, needs, uh, draft uh, charts. Uh, and, and they have the best yes. NFL depth charts yes. you can find anywhere. I printed mine up earlier today. Let's bring in their general manager, national scout for decades. That's four decades in player personnel. He has worked over the years for the Eagles, Redskins, Chiefs, you name it. And he's nice enough in the busiest time of the year for the Our Lads guys four or five days away. Uh, let's say hello to our longtime uh, expert, Dan Shanka. Now on with Murph and Fred, ESPN Chicago. Hello, Dan. Uh, how you doing, Murph? Hello, Fred. <laughs> hey, yeah, Dan. we're. Uh, it won't be long now. A little less, but a little over five days, I guess, until uh, <laughs> the big showdown and see where all these guys are going that we've looked at for the last year. Well, Dan, uh, we're going to bring in uh, Eric Ostrowski here. Every half hour, we do a uh, Murph and Fred fan focus group Twitter poll to see what the fans have to say. And uh, everyone's got an opinion. That's why we love doing this. Uh, last half hour, let's get the results. EO11, step on in. Uh, Bears head coach Matt Nagy this week uh, in the drills said uh, he had a phrase, uh, uh, Dan, and it was, uh, tuck in your shirts, keep your helmets on. Tuck shirts, helmets on. It'd be great on a T-shirt if we wanted to try to sell that around town. So you could vote A. That's too old school. B, I love the discipline. C, these current players, they won't buy in. D, the players will buy in. Let's bring in Eric. Eric, give us the winner, please. The winner with 64% is the fans love the discipline. The fans love the discipline. What came in last? Dead last is too old school with only 5%. So in the middle where the players will buy in and the players will not buy in, what were those numbers quick? Players will buy in had 21% and players won't buy in just 10. Thanks, Eric. Let's go to the guy that's been around watching college, watching pros. He's seen you go to practices. What do you think about something like this? Is it just a window dressing? Yeah, shirts in, helmets on. You know, uh, Joe Madden here with the Cubs, he's got a lot of those phrases. Respect 90. In other words, run the ball out 90 feet. Give 100%. What do you think of something like this with a new coach? You know, saying, tuck shirts, helmets on, uh, Dan Shaka. Well, I tell you, I, I, I like it. No, I, I think that it, it, the players will buy in as long as you win. You know what I mean? When you get out there and you start winning and things like that, hey, they don't care. They want discipline. They want to do those. You know, when you start getting sloppy and things like that, then they start looking around like, how are we going to win with this sloppy? But especially when you come from, say, disciplined college programs like the Alabamas and the Iowas and the Wisconsins. And, you know, um, when you're from a disciplined program, uh, Ohio State, you can go on and on, but. Uh, the, the teams that are very disciplined and, and they come into a pro program that looks like a joke. You know, you, you know why people lose. And, uh, you can see because most, most time, not only lack of personnel, but the lack of discipline. So no, I think that that's, 
that's good. You got to start it now, though. You don't start it, you know, a year or two after you're in there because it's too late. <laughs> you know, right. you do it now, and then you know you might lighten up after a year or two or three a little bit. But mm-hmm. for now, hey, you lay the ham, you put the hammer to the fly. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Hey, Dan, you've been you've been doing this for a long time, as we talked about. How do you know leading up to the draft what you hear from people? is truth and what you or what you hear from people is just something they want to get out there so maybe other people hear it all right it's a boulder dash right now <laughs> because believe me the the people that are in the submarines i call it they don't uh, talk about anything and if any scout happened to leak something it'd be his last breath you know what i mean so on that in that organization uh-huh. so everything is is buttoned down uh and so no i i tell you what i i wouldn't believe and, you know, and, and I know a lot of writers, they like to try to read between the lines when somebody says something, uh, whether it's a naggy in our pace or what have you. Hey, they say, you know, they're trying to read between the lines. That isn't happening. So, I mean, they can read all they want to, and all they're going to get is a blank page. Our draft coverage is brought to you by Cintas. More than one million businesses trust Cintas to help them open their doors with confidence. Learn how they can get your business ready at Cintas.com. Cintas, ready for the workday. Dan Schonk, in a minute, we'll talk a little bit about what's going on this week at OurLads.com. First, here's our current Twitter poll. Everybody vote right now at ESPN 1000. Dan, you're welcome to vote. You can vote right now at ESPN 1000. The the Bears' best move this Thursday will be to A, trade up, B, trade down, C, just stay tight, sit at 8. We'll get the results in a few minutes uh, at ESPN uh, 1000. Dan, why do... uh, why do the, these players' names, the college names, it's so fluid where they're going to go? You know, two weeks ago, four weeks ago, eight weeks ago, if you looked at the mocks all around, including the, the great ones you guys do at our lads, and then if you compared a lot of them uh, today, eight weeks later, it would be, you know, vastly different. Why does that happen? Maybe that's part of what Fred was just talking about, all the input. Or why is there such fluidity and changes over the last 8, 12 weeks in general? Well, you know, I think uh, part of it comes from the fact that so many of these underclassmen came out and people have not looked at them on film, you know. And, and, and hey, we've studied guys, like I said, since last May, and we knew, you know, about 50, uh, 55, 60 of the guys were probably going to come out. So you study them intensely as you, as you do the seniors that, are, you know, are going to be eligible for the draft. But, you know, so many 60-some guys came out that, you know, part of those should have never come out. We still got to study them because they are in the draft. And, and the other guys that are pretty good players, but, geez, they only played one year. Uh, like the Vander Esch kid from uh, Boise State, good linebacker, played one year because he's hurt the other. And there's a lot of these one-year guys, one-and-a-half-year. So what happens is, you know, people don't know what's there. They finally look at, you know, they go to YouTube or something like that in their mom's basement, you know, and huh. put together a mock draft. And, uh-huh. and then, uh, you know, that's why they change and they're fluid. But now mm-hmm. for us, we only put up, we've got our second mock draft up right now, and we don't, you know, it's it's really intellectually dishonest to be putting stuff up when you don't, 
study tape, and I think that's the thing that you know so many of them out there do. And and uh, so that's why we don't have many because we want to make sure when we look at these guys and study them, we've got a good handle on them. And uh, now we may have another mock draft here coming up, you know, shortly. But it, but the bottom changes a little bit, but there won't be there will not be any kind of uh, real shakeup at the top because. We've had Barkley there. You know, he's our top guy since last summer. Mayfield's been our top quarterback since last summer, and there's been nothing to change that. So, you know, when you get when you know these guys, it isn't as fluid as you know some of the people that don't know them. Before we go and look a little bit about uh, what our lad says about the quarterbacks that may fall in your most recent and when and when in your most recent mock, uh, Dan, tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on at ourlads.com, please. Well, I, it really, uh, the fans can still get our guide. Um, we've been shoot, we've been sending out uh, about thirty-five to fifty copies a day now, and uh, even. Here a week before the, or less than a week before the draft, and even today, uh, quite a few. So, if anybody wants to get it, you know, hey, we're a short uh, mail run from Chicago here in uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, so we can uh, get those out to the fans, and uh, they can follow the draft. And in fact, uh, when they look at the draft, they can see our draft guide on all the uh, teams' tables, um, and we're the only guide for the last thirty some years that's been on the team draft tables. So. Uh, anyway, and then, hey, if fans want to play, hey, they want to put up their own mock draft, they got a chance to win 500 bucks. It doesn't cost them anything but their time. They go on, they can go on and put a seven round mock draft, their own up there, uh, and, uh, they got a chance to, you know, compete for that $500. So, but anyway, a lot of stuff to do at ourlads.com. Just go to the site and it's very fan friendly. <laughs> And easy to maneuver around so they can look at all kinds of stuff. Is uh, Fred Hubner eligible to win the 500 if he enters? <laughs> Is that okay yeah, with absolutely. you? Absolutely. But he's going to donate it back to me. You know, they'll have a big party here. But sure. yeah, yeah, Fred, Fred Murphy are definitely eligible in all the <laughs> listeners. Better than being ineligible. You know, in in your most recent mock draft, you've got Tremaine Edmonds, uh, the linebacker from Virginia Tech. Now, a lot of Bears fans, uh, we did a poll last hour, and they talked about how they really want to see an outside pass rusher. Is this the kind of guy that you think would be a perfect fit for the Bears? Well, you know, anymore, the teams play a lot of the 4-2 schemes, mm-hmm. and uh, they get 4-2-5 with the five secondary, uh, you know, defensive backs. And he's a guy that can can do everything. I mean, he can come off the edge. He can drop in the coverage. He can line up on a slot, play a man-to-man. Um, he's, he's a big, tremendous uh, talent, only 20 years old. Probably he'd be the biggest inside linebacker, I think, since Urlacher. And, uh, and he, he's not quite as probably athletic as Urlacher was, but he's a darn good athlete because you know Urlacher was superior. But this guy's pretty close, and uh, so he, you know, uh, Edmonds has got a chance to do some things, and, and there's another, you know, inside linebacker out there, Rokan Smith, who people really like. He's just not as big. And he's a, a very explosive guy, but he's around, you know, six foot, 230, somewhere in there, but um, he, he doesn't quite have the range uh, that Edmonds does. So, you know, we like... Hey, the Bears can go a lot of different directions, yep. but there's not any real big-time pass rushers except for Chubb at the top. So the Bears might have to look elsewhere for like an Edmonds or what have you. 
Dan, I've heard some experts uh, refer to the draft uh, this year as a top-heavy draft. I think I know what that means, but I really have no idea what that means. And how, if you agree that it's top-heavy, how does that affect a, a number eight pick, second-round pick uh, for the Bears, uh, you know, which is also obviously about eight from the top? Uh, what does that mean, and do you agree? Not necessarily. I mean, when you're talking about uh, uh, Saquon Barkley, yeah, he's a stud at the top. And uh, you've got uh, Nelson, the big guard from Notre Dame. You know, you've got some specific positions. Chubb, um, you know, at the top. Uh, to us, there's only a couple of quarterbacks, really. I mean, there's more uh, quantity than quality at the quarterback spot. Everybody keeps talking about a great quarterback draft. We've disagreed with that since last summer when we looked at all these guys, and then uh, we haven't been disappointed, really. I mean, Rosen's got a chance to really be a pretty good one, but um, like Allen and Darnold, they need a lot of work before they get uh, on the NFL field to help a team. So, um, But, there's, you know, there's a really good corner in, in uh, Ward from Ohio State. There's uh, a combination guy who's tremendous, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, who can play anything in the secondary. So, you know, I don't know if I'd call it. Uh, there's some, you know, I think Pro Bowl caliber players at the top, say the top maybe 10 or 10, 12 picks. So, yeah, it'd be top heavy there. But then I think the real strength of this draft is the second and third round where, you know, if you got a couple picks in the second and third round, you're, you're going to get really good players, especially like receivers running back, uh, those two positions are really loaded, uh, inside, outside linebackers, corners, uh, things like that. But at the top, you know, it's, uh, there's some really good players. And then, uh, then after that, you know, you're, cause they have a, you know, there's just no offensive tackles really this year. And that, that really cuts into things and no stud big time wide receivers that you'd say, hey, man, this guy's got to come in and uh, pay for the Bears right now. Ridley's really good. Now, I know that's probably another popular choice. Uh, he's, a, he's a good, but athletically, you wonder a little bit, but he runs fast and all that, but he's not a real big guy. And he graded out in the middle of all our receivers that worked out at the Combine. Um, you know, we grade him on all, a lot of all those specific uh, um, things that they do there, and he was kind of right in the middle, so that was a little bit bothersome. But he is a terrific. I mean, we do like the way he runs his routes, and he's got good hands and and things like that. So you know, he's going to do well for somebody. A couple of quickies, and we'll spring you on your busiest week of the year, uh, Dan Shanka, our lads. Uh, real quick, I you broke my heart when I saw the other day that uh, our lads had projected Quentin Nelson, uh, the big uh, the big offensive guard from Notre Dame, who I've had my had my uh, eyes uh, on from the very beginning. Now, originally, I remember. Fred, you remember this. Oh, you can't take him in the top ten. Uh, Who takes a guard in the top ten? That's all we heard, Dan, a month or two. You can't take a guard in the top ten. Now, you've, am I right? You've got him at pencil in maybe as the second pick overall to the Giants? Yeah, i tell you. Um, <laughs> when we did our, our guide, yeah, we put him up there with the reasoning being he's probably going to be a 10-, 12-year uh, Pro Bowl player. And that's what you want at the top. But I think you know, as these things become a little more fluid, you know, spends uh, what Cleveland does. I think Barkley will probably end up there, but Nelson's gonna, you know, he'll he'll probably bypass the Jets, and he'll probably 
miss Cleveland. Uh, Denver is a possibility. Uh, Indianapolis is a possibility. Mm. So, mm. hey, he might get to Chicago. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, and you never know. But uh, but this guy's a Pro Bowl caliber player, and that's what you're looking for at the top. Like Marco, we think he's a 10-year guy, uh, guy and then uh, after he retires, he's going to be putting a gold jacket on. So, um, but Nelson's one of those kind of guys. As we uh, run away here and uh, get back to a little baseball beat, Dan, let's bring in Eric Ostrowski, AL 11, and see what the fans voted. I wonder if Dan uh, uh, voted on this yet, Fred. Uh, our Twitter poll for this half hour, uh, Bears' best move Thursday. The fans, did they say trade up, trade down, or stay at number eight? How do you guess the fans might have voted here in Chicago and around the world uh, checking us out at ESPN uh, uh, Chicago.com? Well, they need players, so I wouldn't say you're going to trade up. They might consider a trade down, but I think, you know, sitting there, if they knew they could get a Nelson or Edmonds or, you know, uh, if they want trade down, they'd probably go for Ridley. But uh, hmm. stay right there. They're going to get a good player because somebody good is going to come down from. Uh, Depends on how many quarterbacks are taken, but the Bears are going to get a good player at eight. Great. Hey, it's your busiest time of the year. We always appreciate The fans appreciate a few minutes of your busy time. Check it all out, Dan Chunk, over at ourlads.com. All right, now get back to work. Quit talking to us, would you? <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Great being with you. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. <laughs> I like it. You know what? I always feel like I feel confident. Uh-huh. When I will talk to him, because I feel like here's a guy that really knows what's going on. Well, Not he, that everybody doesn't, but you know what? Everybody doesn't. Now he used the word that, uh, you know, we're all talking about this draft for the last month. Uh-huh. And he used the word that he actually could could wrap up everything we do. Balderdash. I heard that. Because we're all guessing. We have no idea who... What the Bears are thinking about in their draft room. We have no idea if the Cleveland Browns are going to go with a quarterback or Saquon Barkley or if they're going to trade down or what are they going to do. They have the first and fourth picks. We have no idea if Quentin Nelson will go in the top ten or not. I can't. I, I like next Saturday will be one of my favorite shows because yeah. we'll have a chance to talk about who the Bears took and break it down and break it down and talk about it. And then we can say, well, they should have taken this guy instead of this guy. We can be critical or we can give our opinions. Now we're just, we're all guessing. We're all throwing darts at a dartboard and, uh, and none of it counts. Dan said he'd join us next week too, because as good as he is before the draft, he's even better Breaking after down the, the draft telling you yep. what you got. Now the Bears don't have that number three, do they? Right. No, they don't. He, that's why he mentioned, he mentioned Calvin Ridley too. I don't think the Bears are going to go after a wide receiver, even though the whole Cameron Meredith thing, which I think was a complete mess up. And uh, I think it's going to come back and show that they made a mistake. You think maybe they didn't want him? I, why would you not want a guy that plays? Uh, I, no, no, yeah. no, I, I don't. doesn't make any sense. I'm not arguing. I'm just saying. No, I don't. I, you think I don't, maybe they didn't want him. I, I don't know. There was one thing that he could have possibly shown that they, you would have said, listen, we don't want this guy. They didn't want him for anything more than a penny over the $1.9 million? No, because they, they're paying their kicker $9 million guaranteed. It's either A or B. Either yeah. they messed up. Oh, they didn't want to pay him more than 1.9. Yeah, it's, well, it's, I don't think there's even a third option there to try to figure out what happened. I don't know how. I don't know how Matt Nagy and uh, and Ryan Pace could think that he wouldn't fit in any offense that they have. He was going. He was last year. He was set to be their number one or two receiver. Now all of a sudden he can't. He can't do anything. 
So they they must have worried too much about the medicals. Maybe they got a bad report mm-hmm. or a questionable report. And when he runs and plays well for the New Orleans Saints, we'll see that they made a mistake. You know, talk is cheap, as they say, whoever they are. But to read some of the uh, quotes from the presser, press conference, of course, that Mitch Trubisky had, uh, I think it was on uh, Thursday. I mean, when he starts talking about the the different ways this offense can morph into second yep. and third, you know, options off of the same play. Quick little uh, quotes here from the Bears quarterback. We have plays off of plays. And not that every team doesn't, but we haven't seen this, you know, right. from my uh, laying in the uh, lazy boy eyes, uh, watching X's and O's. What do I know? I'm just a fan. But it doesn't seem like we've had anything like this. Well, you have, you probably have, but you just haven't had a quarterback and an offense ah. that could figure things out. We have plays off of plays and just the intricacies of each play and how we have so many options within each play. It's just the decisions I have at the line of scrimmage and the post-snap and the pre-snap that are just going to give us a lot of options. Well... Deception options. Everyone talks up that big game like you alluded to right there. They all have it, maybe, yeah. right? Yep. But it actually looks like they're going to do it. And then stories this week about how finally they're going to be able to get uh, Tariq Cohen, uh, you know, open. I don't like the phrase out in space, but that's, uh, you know, into space. But it always sounds good this time when you have a new coach, Fred. Well, it does. I mean, you just got to find ways to get the ball into Cohen's hands. Oh. I mean, one way or another, get the ball into his hands. With no they, one around him. Yeah, and they do it. They did it in Kansas City, and uh, hopefully they can do it here with Tariq Cohen. And uh, I think we've seen what he can do last year, and hopefully that was just the tip of the iceberg. They ran him up the gut all the time last year. Well, sometimes when they, were, when they had Jordan Howard sitting down. You know, I mean... Uh, I don't like running him in the gut. Yeah, there's a lot of... Th- if, if you have a guard or a center that can open a hole for you, then, you know, he yeah. can get through the line and, and scoot. But everyone's excited when there's a new coach. Almost everybody, for a while. Right, the honeymoon period. You know, we were excited pretty much when when you first heard about John Fox. Right? I mean, at least the first day or two, right? Now it's more than a day or two. And Trestman... It's just normal as a fan to usually be excited mm-hmm. when you have a new regime, a new head coach. But a guy that's been around the block, knows the NFL, our own J.D., Jeff Dickerson, Yep. he said, you know what? Let's hold back a little on this. Everyone likes the new co- Well, here, here's what J.D. said earlier this week on ESPN 1000. Every time there's a coaching change, it's the same sort of rhetoric and the same sort of, you know, apparent vibe. Like, oh, it's so different with Mark Tressman. Look at all this offense, <laughs> offense, offense. Oh, it's so different with John Fox. He's a real coach, unlike Mark Tressman. Discipline, discipline, structure, structure. Yeah, it feels different, but it feels different every single time. Let's just see how it all plays out. See, J.D., to me, the, he was the downer. I'm, I'm so excited. And then, but he's the voice of reason. Yeah, he is a voice he's of reason. The, he's seen it. He's been there. He's done that. Let's see it. Let him prove it. Let him prove what they need to do, and let him prove that they can get the job done. And uh, you know, we'll go and go from there. But why can't we be the other way around? Why can't we, as fans, be excited? You read all this. We got all the options on the options. Can't I be happy for a little while and then be proven wrong? Or is it better to be the other way? Oh no, no. Until you show me. I ain't buying this anymore. I'm always Debbie Downer because you know what? If you look at it realistically, you don't get too high. Then when if it fails, you don't get the fall's not quite as far. He's you know what it is. 
He's the new kid in town. Every, you know, everyone falls in love. Everyone's talking about yeah. him, the new kid in town. Great expectations. Everybody's watching you. Every time there's a coaching change, it's the same sort of rhetoric and the same sort of, you know, apparent vibe. The new kid in town. Like, oh, it's so different with Mark Tressman. Look at all this <laughs> offense, offense, offense. Everybody loves you. Oh, it's so different with John Fox. He's a real coach, unlike Mark Trestman. Here we go again. Discipline, discipline, structure, structure. Yeah, it feels different, but it feels different every single time. Let's just see how it all plays out. Johnny, come lately. Eric Ostrowski working hard behind the scenes. Good job, EO. Everybody loves you. Yeah, don't let him down is right. <laughs> okay, we have one more pair of tickets to see uh-huh. the 2018 Bellator Heavyweight Grand Prix at Allstate Arena Saturday, April 28th. That's a week from today. Be the fifth caller, 312-332-3776. You'll get a pair of tickets. For more information, tickets, go to Ticketmaster.com. Fifth we- caller. Back in a flash, Murph and Fred were usually almost always 9 till noon, stepping aside for Jay Hood. Notre Dame football talk live at uh, the camp. What do they call it? it? The Four Winds Casino, South oh. Bend. Brand new Four Winds nice. Casino. Yep. Nice. Under the hood, coming up at eleven o'clock. Talk- go on out and see them. Talking Notre Dame football, right? Yep. They okay. got the blue, the blue and gold game going on today, and Jay will be there to talk about it. Miss a little, miss a lot. We talked a lot of baseball in the first hour. We'll return to the baseball beat when uh, we return. Breaking down the crazy but uh, fun to watch Cubs game last night. Fun to watch if you're a Cubs. fan. And Fred, I know you watched it also. So we'll digest that and a lot more. Got to hurry. Back in a flash. Mike Murphy, Fred, Humor, ESPN 1000. Go. Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, back together on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Welcome back. Got to hurry. Hey, congrats to, to Nassim from Elk Grove. What's won- his name? Nassim, he won the last pair of uh, tickets that were given away today for the 2018 uh, uh-huh. Bellator Heavyweight Grand Prix at the Allstate Arena next Saturday. You can get tickets at Ticketmaster.com. We're nice. giving away three more pair of tickets wow. tomorrow from 9 to noon. I'll be here with Chris Black. We'll be talking baseball and football and, of course, basketball because Black will be here. So we'll be talking about the NBA playoffs. When is that? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Now go home and have another beer. Don't yep. bother me. No, nine, no, no, no. That's, nine till noon. No, do bother you tomorrow. No, how did he spell it? N-A-C-I-N? Well, I don't know if that's how he spelled it. N-A-C-I-N, Nassim. I have the top ten baby names, boys and girls, from United States one year ago. Michael was number one for like 30 years. Yeah. I'm still in the top 10. Yeah, you know, I'm about I'm about 1,000. <laughs> there are nobody names their kid Fred anymore unless their parents' name is Fred. I was number one for like 50 years. Yeah. Michael. And the most common Irish last name is Murphy. There's a million. Michael right. Murphy's everywhere. Yep. I go to the doctor. I go, it's Michael Murphy. They go, well, we got 10 of you. What's your birthday? Uh-huh. I get in the birthday. Well, we got three of you on the same birthday. What, uh, you know, what time were you born? Sure. I go, what? Just about. Number one, Noah. Number two. By the way, that's not last name. That's like Joaquin. Noah's the first name. Okay. Liam. L-I-A-M. Liam. Liam. 
Like Liam Neeson. Well, there's so many of them. How come I don't know how to pronounce it? Yeah, I don't know. Liam Neeson. That's what it's. Look at this. Yeah. William, number three. Oh, Billy. Mason. Doesn't one of our guys have a Mason in the family? Daytime guys. Let me talk about Mason. I don't know. One of our on-air guys doesn't they have a Mason. Number five, James. Sylvie, right? Sylvie's, Sylvie's got me. Yeah. I know oh. Braxton. I wasn't sure about. Number five, James. Oh, I like number six, old school. Benjamin. Jimmy! <laughs> Benny. The dog across the street from is our little beagle across the street. Benjamin. Benny and the Jets. Ben, he's always, those are pretty pretty interesting names because those are those are common. I thought there'd be a lot more uh, uncommon names. Benny's always outstanding in the middle of the street. There's a master coming. Benjamin, would you get out of the street? Number seven, Jacob. Number eight, Michael. Number nine, Elijah. Elijah, huh? And number ten, Ethan. There's Ethans everywhere. Yeah. There's Ethans everywhere. I have the girls, but we have to do that next week. All right. Uh... See, and you won't find a Fred. Fred's, when I pass away, there'll be no more Fred's. Never a Fred. Yep. So the Cubs game last night. We broke it down at length in the first hour. Miss a little, miss a lot. Uh, to me, the main thing is two games in a row now where Joe Madden has used the same lineup, same batting order. Will he do it three times in a row? Javi Baez now settling in in the two-hole after Joe finally realized that to bat him in the eight-hole was uh, suicide because they'll just keep throwing in the National League with the pitcher up next. Curveball's down in the dirt of the left-handed batter's box, and he'll swing with the old corkscrew swing. Now... He's in the two-hole, and what happens when the pitchers say, well, Bryant, Rizzo, Contreras, Schwarber coming up. I'm going to throw this kid some strikes, some fastballs. I can't walk him. Now, all of a sudden, he's on fire, partially because he's going up the middle, up the gut. Oppo, like half of the team's doing right now. Last night, four for six for Al Mora with uh, four runs scored. And Al Mora was going the other way constantly yes. yesterday. Baez hits the homer. Uh, Oppo, he was four for six on the night. Two runs scored. His four slugging ribbies. right now. His sl- Javi Baez leads <laughs> yeah. baseball yeah. in slugging. Is that could that be right? Seven forty-two. If you got to throw this guy a fastball, he's going to crank it. Uh-huh. And if you throw it on the outer half, he'll drive it apple. He, he really the only here's what's interesting just came to me. The only holes in his swing are are, are pitches out of the strike zone. The only holes in the strike zone, a lot of hitters can't get it here, down and in, up and out, over the plate. He has none right now, except out of the zone. So if he can stay, you know, within the strike zone, you can't get him out it's, right now. It's the National League. Javi Baez leads the National League in RBIs and slugging. Did you ever think you'd say that? No. But he can play. Yeah. And in triples, he has three. Bryant, now down a notch in the three-hole where there's going to be men on base. He's now hitting three thirty-three, two for five last night. Rizzo down a notch in the four-hole. Hey, I don't care about 18 uh, fewer at-bats a year for Bryant and 18 fewer at-bats a year for Rizzo when you move him down a slot. What you care about is the opposite side of the coin, more men on base. That's what's important. Hayward showing a little bit of life last couple days, hitting a few balls on the schnozola. We can recap the White Sox game real quick. Yeah, please. Uh, Astros beat the White Sox 10 to nothing. Uh, Justin Verlander allowed two hits in, seven, in six innings. Sox have lost 12 of 14. Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu with the hits. 
White Sox starters are one and nine. And uh, tonight, uh, let's see, it'll be Lucas Giolito against Dallas Keuchel later on tonight. Well, you know, rebuilds are not pretty. Rebuilds, tanking, and you know, and then rebuilding. It's never as easy. Or I remember what Theo I said. It's not linear. Whatever the hell that means. I guess it means you know you can't graph it. It's not in a straight line. It's linear, and it's true. Tanking and then rebuilding is not linear. But it's interesting. Sometimes we hear it come, and we have a proud sponsor, the White Sox. They come on our uh, air with some commercials. Yep. And uh, uh, White Sox TV play-by-play, Jason uh, Benetti, uh, Benetti, he will often uh, be voicing those. And, uh, in fact, here's one from a couple days ago, just a portion, real quick. This is your White Sox Minute. I'm Jason Benetti. Sox hadn't played since Thursday and didn't have a great night on the scoreboard in Oakland, but one of the trades the Sox and Rick Hahn made before last season showed flashes twofold last night. In Oakland, Reynaldo Lopez pitched well for the third straight outing. Ten strikeouts, his most in a Sox uniform. Sox lost 8-1, to one, but Lopez only allowed four hits and two runs in six innings. That's eight hits allowed in three total starts this year. Another part of the trade with the Nationals for Adam Eaton, Dane Dunning, struck out seven through six innings, though he did take the loss as well in Winston-Salem. His ERA right now at 260 early this season. All right, stop the tape. It goes on a little more. Fred, I was thinking about this. The three pitchers that uh, Rick Hahn got for Adam Eaton, all right? And you heard right there about Lopez. He's been far and away the Sox best starting pitcher this year. They all came from yep. Washington a couple years ago. Dave Dunning. Who Dane. We- Dane Dunning. Dane, I'm sorry. Right. Thank you. Dane Dunning. Uh, we just heard about. And uh, Giolito. Lucas if, Giolito going tonight. I bet you there's never been a trade in baseball history. One guy eaten basically for three. There might have been a throw-in. That's not the point. One for three was the gist of it. I'll bet there's never been a trade in baseball history where one guy, and again, it's my what-if bell, which Dana found. I'm going to bring. Let's say, you know, you never know. Just what if these three guys all end up in the starting rotation? Yep. All right, Lopez, Dunning, Giolito. I'll bet there's never been a trade in the history of baseball that produced three starting rotation. It's a long shot. I mean, you never know. You never know. But think about it, right? Yeah. Three for one would be great. Yeah. Yeah. And Dane Dunning's a guy. He may be a reliever because he can bring it. But, uh, yeah, if you want to throw him in the starter, because you've got a bunch of them. You've got Kopech. You've got other guys. And uh, I don't know what they're going to do with Carson Fulmer. He came in yesterday. He just looked bad again. And uh, it looks like maybe, if anything, his his uh, future might be in the short term, at least out of the bullpen instead of a starter. I ever tell you my quick story. Uh, this will tie into Jason uh, Hayward last night, racking up a soundbite now, Eric, uh, uh, from uh, good old Channel 9. Love Bob Vorwell. Bob, you're the best. That bug up there on the top with the scores and the, and the outs and the, and the pitch thrown. And where are the outs? Uh, I know you can work on that. Fred, back when he was managing the Dodgers, I had a, a couple seven-ups one night uh, after the game with uh, Don Mattingly, uh-huh. manager. And we're kibitzing, we're chewing the fat. And I said, Don, I said, you're a great, great hitter. I said, I always hear this thing about left-handed hitters like the ball down low. Uh-huh. I said, I've always thought because 90% of left-handed hitters throw with their right hand, like everybody, that that bottom hand when you're batting lefty is why you like that ball down low. Right-handers, if you're right-handed, your top hand, you like that ball up high. I said, you were a lefty thrower, lefty hitter. 
I said, did that affect you because your top hand was the hot hand? He looked at me. He goes, no one's ever asked me that in 25 years. Uh-huh. He said, I, could, I didn't like the pitch down low, but they all assumed back then yeah. because I was a lefty throwing up high. I'm a left-handed thrower. My top hand, dominant hand was on the top of the bat. I love that. I creamed it and prayed no one would ever know. So here last night, Jason Hayward throws left, bats left. Like Donnie Ballgame. Listen to what Jim Deshays says last night. Most big left-handed hitters like the ball down. It's pretty good up and away from him. Up and in, he can get tied up. But up, 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 up out away from him, he can do some damage. Stop the tape. Highlights Channel 9 at WGN TV. And he's saying right there what you always hear. Lefties like it down. Yep. But he forgot to factor in that... Jason Hayward, like Mattingly, not to compare the two, is a left-handed thrower. So he's going to like the ball higher. And you wonder, they've all got the hot charts now and the squares on the batter's box, you know, the scouts and the computer. They know he likes it up or down. Makes you just wonder, though. Maybe they don't think they don't understand. Maybe they don't. Yeah. But I'm looking, I'm trying to figure out, I don't know, uh, realize what hand Harper throws with. Bryce Harper. But I, I would never throw Harper. He's a righty. Okay, I would never throw Harper anything below the waist. Every home run you see Harper oh, hit yeah. is is between the waist and the knees. He's conventional. Every single one Harper of them. Harper throws righty, correct? Sure, right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he likes it down it, like most lefties. Yeah, it's a, it's <laughs> unbelievable. I can't I can't imagine. He's got eight homers, and I think every one of them is like knee high. So what are you doing? Last chance vote right now. We'll have the uh, results of our. A Twitter poll when we return on Thursday. The Bears will trade up, trade down, or stay at eight. Vote at ESPN 1000. One, two, three. Busy day. Glad you've been with Mike Murphy, Fred Humor. Fred Humor, White Sox fan from good old Martin East in Cicero. Mike Murphy from Cup Fan Lions Township High School. LaGrange. And because we're getting out an hour early, we're getting out in a couple minutes here. Jay Hood going to be doing his oh. Under the Hood show from the Four Winds Casino in South Bend. Yeah. Getting underway at 11 o'clock from 11 to 1, talking about the Notre Dame Blue and Gold game. Gives me a perfect opportunity to stop at Freddy's in Cicero and pick up some nice, good Italian food to take on home. Wow. Freddy's. Unbelievable what a coincidence. Place. Unbelievable place. Are you an entrepreneur? No. Oh. No. I am going to Freddy's <laughs> and enjoying uh, fine Italian food and fine Italian delicacies. Remember, I'd probably get some gelato on the way home. <laughs> They've got that too. I mean, the White Sox pitcher they got in the trade for Eaton? No, that's Giolito. He ah, goes tonight. Sorry. Remember when Theo first took over? First thing he did was. And How can I forget? They've been writing books about it ever since. First thing he did was pretty much fired everybody. Uh huh. Brought in Ivy. You know, Change the name of your computer. I guess you can't argue with firing everybody with the World Series championship, you know. But doesn't mean all those people were bad. It, the previous regime, the Jim Henry regime, yeah, was they had no money to hire any hire anybody. They were so understaffed. They had like one person in the analytics department. That wasn't Jim Henry's desire. And they didn't even give him a computer. They made him do it with paper, pen and paper. It was Chuck Wasserstrom. Yeah, he had a <laughs> pencil and paper. Chuck, figure this out. Right. Get your abacus out. Now they got 40. 
Yeah. Uh, maybe 25. Well, one of the guys that was, that was there. And there's nothing wrong with that, Fred, but, to, you know, Jim Henry, he, he drafted Baez. Yep. And he found Contreras. Found Contreras. Okay. And, and all the guys that they were able to trade in great trades to bring in everybody else. I just don't like the fact that that regime gets, like, kicked down like they're a bunch of bust outs. Well, we'll see what happens tonight. They need to win three in a row. Before you win a World Series, you need to win at least three games in a row. And uh, yeah. they've not done that yet this year. Mm-hmm. They're nine and eight right now. Mm-hmm. If they uh, go to nine and nine, yeah. Jesse, I think, said the most, It's the only time it's ever happened, or the last time it's happened, was the Cubs. The Cubs were one and one, two and two, three and three, all the way to ten and ten. And uh, right now, the Cubs are 9-8. and eight. They're hoping to get a win today and break that streak, win their third game in a row for the first time this year. They finally put Hapa, uh, not Hapa, I'm sorry, Zobrist on the uh, DL after sitting five days, a uh, 10-day DL. They backdated, so he'll be back in oh, that's five my, days. That's my solution, though. Yeah. What, you, what you do is have an extra five guys. You were talking about how sure. you know the bench is short. Yeah. Have 30 men rosters. Mm-hmm. But every day, just like the NFL does, these five guys are inactive. Yesterday's starting pitcher, a reliever that went too long, a guy you might want to rest. Right. You activate 25. 25 every day. Yeah, activate 25 of the 30. Yeah. It makes so much sense. This way, you don't have to worry about a bullpen. And, well, you can't use this guy. These teams make have so much other money. Pitchers. You know, they make so They have like $80 million each team before they even sell their first ticket or yeah. open the gates because of all the, uh, you know, media money that oh, comes sure. in from all the different forms. But I was leading up to, you know, uh, so the first thing Theo did was fired everybody. Yeah. And uh, none of them really looked like him. But then all of a sudden he hires 20, 30 new people, and they're all dead ringers. They all, walking around, they all look like Theo. Here was J.D. this week, Jeff Dickerson, talking about the Bears. There are several members of the Bears staff that look identical to Matt Nagy. It is very freaky. So the bald head, scruffy gray beard look is in at Hallis Hall. I'm not sure if they're body doubles or what he's got going on here. Doppelganger. There's a lot of Matt Nagy lookalikes running around. You guys will see this summer in Bourbon A. It's a little freaky when you first see it because they definitely bear a striking resemblance Hmm. to the head coach. Not just one guy. Multiple guys. Are they all, all visor guys? Are they all visor guys? Well, no. They all, oh, Maggie had the visor. I think he had to wear the visor yesterday because no one would know who he was <laughs> compared to the other guys. So they had they had no visors. It was just their bald, shiny heads and the scruffy beards. And here's the even a freakier thing: the new strength guy. He looks like a young Nagy before he lost his hair. Hmm. Like he's got the exact same face and beard. But he has a full head of hair. It's weird up here, man. They built I think, him in uh, a laboratory. I don't know. I don't know, man. Everyone is trying to emulate the new guy. Everybody looks like the new guy, just like when That's Theo funny. got it, which means Super Bowl's coming. Everybody's walking around. They all look. They were dead ringers for Theo. Same hair, same uh, uh, zip-up quarter, a yeah. sweater, whatever you call it. Let's bring in EO11. Eric, what were the final results? Thursday, the Bears will A, trade up, B, trade down, C, stay at 8. What will they do, the fans? Fans said 65% of the fans said they will stay at eight. Okay. Yeah, I, I was one of them. I still hope Quentin Nelson falls down there. I uh, remember we had a uh, Twitter poll we didn't uh, promote. It was a quick one. We'll talk more next week with Fred. Who has the highest ceiling, A or B? Highest ceiling, Ian Happ or Albert Almora? Who has the higher ceiling? What the fans say, EO? 67% of the fans say... Albert Armora. Well, they're all wrong. I'm not saying who's going to be. See, who has the highest ceiling? Certainly, Hap. 
has a higher ceiling, or maybe not. That's what I would have voted. I'm not saying it's going to be. I went the other way. I went Mora. Cool. It's always easy to go with the hot guy, and I think that's what we did and everybody else did. Everybody loves him. Yep. Hey, give him playing time. That's all he's asked for. Want to thank all our guests today, which was Dan Shanka from Our Lads. Eric Ostrowski, all of his help as always. He'll be helping me and Chris Blackout tomorrow. We're here 9 to noon. Murph and Fred saying thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. See you later, everybody. Jay Hood coming up next.